0: Hi, uh, I'm your host, Timidaya Dayakaide, and with me is Elohor Thomas, CEO of CodeLyn. So Elohor, please introduce yourself and tell our listeners what CodeLin is.
1: Okay, hi, I am Elohor Thomas. I'm the CEO and co-founder of CodeLin. CodeLin is in the HR tech industry. So we help companies seamlessly hire skilled software engineers. We are focused on African talent. But for our clients, we are pretty much, I would say, a global company. So anyone can reach out to us to help them hire for full-time, remote, or contract positions. So we have a marketplace as well as a testing platform. So ideally, the idea behind Koli is to automate the entire tech recruitment process. So we are focused on hiring tech talent. So I would say for companies or for recruiters, the whole process is automated from the point of posting an ad, finding the candidate, verifying the skills of the candidate, that's testing the candidate. So we have um, technical tests on our platform to the point of actually giving them an offer. So everything is done or can be done on the same coding platform. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, so before we sort of go into more details on CodeLan, I'm just curious about some sort of your educational and professional background, you know, what kind of stuff have been up to before starting CodeLan?
1: So I have a BSc in Industrial Mathematics from Delta State University. I'm actually from Delta uh, State in Nigeria. Yeah, so I also have an M.Sc. in Systems Engineering from the University of Lagos, where I majored in Artificial Intelligence. So ideally for my educational background, I would say more into the sciences and engineering field. Then uh, professionally, I would say the most prominent work experiences I've had is in the space of education. So I've lectured before in the polytechnic. Then I say education, sales and tech. So I worked with Jumia for a little over two years where I was a sales consultant. And then I went fully into the tech space where I worked with a startup for a while. Then I went into no, I went into training teaching people how to code. So I was working with this company that was helping train people on software development. Then after which I worked for a startup for a bit, then I decided okay, I wanted to start my own thing. So I decided to start coding.
0: Nice. And I, I'm curious, so you mentioned that you were doing some sort of, you were doing some training, first um, about how that sort of journey of coaching, training, sort of transitioning to doing a coaching.
1: So ideally, I coming from an engineering background, I was familiar with coding in a way, but I wouldn't say uh, I was really interested, but I hadn't gone deeply into it. So when after my master's was when I really went into that space. So I started studying on my own. And then I got into this, I, I became a facilitator, facilitator for this program where we had to teach people how to code. So for me, it was more like a challenge for me. I was like, ah, I'm going to be teaching other people here. Yeah? I don't want to embarrass myself. It was like I had sleepless night trying to learn the things I was going to take them. And it wasn't like major stuff. It was mostly HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, Node.js, and the likes. But I just didn't want to, like, would say, fall my hand, right? I wanted to be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be, like, on my game when I'm taking the class. I'll be able to answer all of the questions. So, yeah, that was it for me. Then, um, where I was working, uh, we were training both adults and... Um, kids. So for kids, it was scratch. For me, that was more like a passion for me. I was really interested in teaching kids coding. For me, it was like, okay, giving, granting the junior generation access to become um, digitally literate. So that was the drive for me in that aspect. But for the adults, it was like, ah, come on, guys, the tech space is growing. You guys have to (laughs) learn how to know this thing so that you can make a lot of money in the future. So I'd say that was the journey for me, pretty much.
0: Gotcha. And t- tell me, about, tell us about who else is on your team what's doing this product with
1: you. Okay, so for Code Lean, there, we are four co-founders. There's myself from Nigeria, it's pretty much a Pan-African team. There's myself from Nigeria.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's um, Nduta Dennis, is from Kenya. There's Felicia Umwaluma, she's from Kenya. Then there's Dexter Watara, is from Ivory Coast. So three countries represented, four engineers. We are all engineers, we have a background in engineering. <laughs> and like super cool and super smart people fun to work with so they have made this journey like pretty really interesting for me
0: that's great and i'm curious how do you mean you You sound so great
1: (laughs) okay so four of us uh, It's two female it's like 50 percent female founded team right so myself and felicia were female dexter and dennis male so we met at the metwater entrepreneurship school of technology just a bit about the school is an accelerator program that runs for one year and brings entrepreneurs from across, um, in our time it was five African countries, but currently it's across 14 African countries. So ours was, I think, a class of 58. So it was pretty, a, a pretty much exciting one year where we were taught business, communication and technology. And then you have to work on capstone projects where you come up with an idea, you pitch the idea until the final stage where you get to pitch for investment. That's the core of the program. So ideally for MESS, you have to form a team within the MESS program. So that's when my team and and myself and my team came together. We had common interests and it was really something being engineers. We had been, we could empathize with both our users, which are the software engineers themselves. And also the recruiters, those who want to hire software engineers. So it made sense for us, and they were pretty much cool people in terms of soft skills to work
0: with. Nice. Um, so shifting sort of gears a little bit, I'm curious about how the market demand for developers is and to start exploring the space, right? Because, I mean, mm. Africa right now is going through a huge conversation where the, everyone sort of understands about the tech skills. I'm also curious how so that, that's a problem that yeah, That's have for
1: you since you started. Okay, so um, I'll say all thanks to the giant Andela. They kind <laughs> of, yeah, exposed this market to the world, I would say, even though um, their focus for clients was the U.S., but they kind of made it um, obvious that there's talent in Africa to both the U.S. market, um, European market, and all other. Countries that are already tech savvy and still they helped with the process of building new talents in the space. Although I know Lambda School came in like officially recently, but and we have had software engineers before Andela and the likes. But thanks to them, I would say the exposure is more evident and gotten a lot of interest in this market since Andela came, since Andela started. So I would say the demand is increasing rapidly. Trust me, it's really increasing, especially in three major countries. Or is it four? Yeah, three, but okay, let's just say four. Of course, countries where Andela is represented, mostly Nigeria, Kenya, and um, Uganda. But South Africa, there's been talent there before. So I would say the exposure has really um, affected Nigeria and Kenya to be specific. And yes, it's growing. The demand is growing. The zeal to learn how to code is also growing from Africa itself. I think people are beginning to see the value and being that businesses are, more and more businesses are, are desiring to go online much more than just social media and Instagram and the likes, but having owning a website, right? So yes, it's it's really growing.
0: Gotcha. And so it's interesting you mentioned um, Angela because, I mean, the, the in, they, they had like a big announcement. talking about how they were letting go of I mean, 100 plus junior developers, and I we're looking to for like 700 senior level talents within the next few years. I'm, I'm curious about, about how, how, this, how this will, will affect if at all, um, what you're building at with Will it or negatively?
1: Okay, so um, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, the news was. I would say maybe a happy sad news because looking at it from the <laughs> yeah, the software engineer point of view, I, I've I've worked as a software engineer before. I know if someone should just tell me like you're losing your job in the next five days, I would feel really sad, right? But still Angela is up to make this oh. um, to up, up to make money, right? It's a business. Right, so from the yeah. business side, as Colleen, I'm super excited because that what that means for us is that there's a rich pool of talent out there that have been trained by Andela, so to say, and they are available to be placed on jobs. So I would say one of the primary um, concerns that people in this or clients or yeah people that operate in this field have been concerned about is okay, if Andela is taking all the talent, if all the talent here in Africa they are working for European companies, who is going to build local products for us. But as much as the countries outside of Africa are offering much more money or uh, in terms of salary to these software engineers, I would say because of that, a lot of our talents are looking at international opportunities. Then it has made the local employers to improve their salary, to improve their monthly remuneration for the software engineers down, down here in Africa, right? Like I've watched, since we've been in operation, I've watched this value improved over time because it's like, okay, if I, if I can't pay this guy enough to keep him, he's going to go for an, an offer outside, right? So I think they should not be worried. The junior engineers should not be worried because there are jobs available locally. Over the past four years, jobs have grown. In the text space locally yeah, and there are companies that are willing to pay them maybe not as much as the international firm but much more but maybe on the average if something okay that they will be they will be able to live on and still they'll gather a lot of experience working with um, these com- companies locally then after about a year or two years once they are they are ready to go into the international market they would even be offered much more salary so that's the take, right? But um, I think the junior engineers really don't understand. It is very true. I can attest to what Andela said. Companies abroad want skilled software engineers. We work with, sorry, senior software engineers. We work with international clients and they highly request for junior engineers, right? So I believe maybe in a way they can get them at a more affordable rate from Africa than abroad, right? So they should look at it from this point right. of view. You can work locally with a company for two years. That's like two years experience added to your resume. Then go and get international opportunities. You'll be paid much more. As at that point, you either become an intermediate or a senior engineer. I believe there's something good to take out of this for them. Then for us, we are super excited. We have a pool of talent. We are willing to place on jobs, be it local or international. So it's like adding quality to the pool we already have before. So, which is great news for us. Mm, gotcha. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. So, I'm curious, what? So, you, you talked a bit about your journey starting Cool Mint, the MESS program. Um, and what, what what's your biggest hurdle during that entire something right? Because I know I know I mean Africa is the easiest place to start a company. Um, so I'm curious about what what are the struggles you had and how you dealt with that as you were starting out
1: well, for us, uh, I think the major, if I'm speaking generally, maybe the major problem could be funds, financials for other startups that mm-hmm. are um, perhaps bootstrapping or that are still coming up. But we didn't have that problem because we we're funded by MEST itself. Um, So we received, gotcha. um, yeah, we received this funding from MEST. So it wasn't really, uh, money was not really a problem for us. But I would say the problem, part of the challenges we had was. I would say behavior change in the market. So people are used to the traditional way of hiring, right? Just send us CVs. As much as we are adding value to them, we understand that hiring and finding skilled software engineers can be a tiring and long process. So it's still like we have a solution that handles the process end to end. Like everything is automated. So what it means is that they have to go online to use the solution. But these guys are not used to using a solution online, right? They want the regular or traditional way of yeah. emailing you. This is the job description. Send me a list of candidates. Send me, attach their CVs to to my email and or to, attach their CVs and send to me via email. So you understand for them, it's what they are used to. I would say consumer behavior was part of our challenge. So we had to tell them, okay, this is a software. This is a solution. You just have to go online. Everything can be done online. Online, we have a marketplace. You can easily go. We have verified candidates. You can easily go there, pick a candidate, pay, and that's it. So that's why we have it. Our tagline says your ideal dev is just a click away. So what that means is if you know, as a recruiter, you know what you are looking for, you go there. You know that these are the skills I I want to hire in a person you pick the person and you pay for it. So in as little as five minutes, if you know what you're looking for, the skills you're looking for, you can hire a dev, right? So because these devs are there, right. they're there, they've been vetted, they're available and they're ready to be placed on jobs. So I would say number one was customer behavior. Then, yeah, our process of ideation was pretty much, I would say rough, because we, we are mostly engineers. I would say in the team, it's just about two of us that have a business background. So, bringing, merging or marrying both together, technical, the technical expertise and the business side of things, how to make money out of what we are doing. It took us a while to come up with a great business model that we felt, okay, this is the time for us to, or we are ready to push this business model. So, I say, p- period of ideation and then verifying product market fees, fees took a while for us, but we got there eventually. Then, I say the third thing would be maybe team management. Because for me, as the CEO, I'm the one that leads the team. And it is not a team of Nigerians. It's a team of Kenyans (laughs) and someone from Ivory Coast. So we had cultural differences to deal with. We had so many other things to deal with. So I had to understand each of them and ensure that we are all working together. And it can be tough that way, especially when you guys are coding together, right? So the funny thing is the guy from Ivory Coast, he he was new to English. I think he had just been learning English. He learned English in the MES program. Oh wow! So imagine, can you imagine there was this communication um gap too, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that was I think that was yeah, yeah. part of our challenge. But we scaled through that already. It's been a very interesting um, period for us. We've gotten to learn from each other. We've learned what each person can tolerate. So now we can deal and um, with each other in a better way. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, so, so you mentioned all these uh sort of struggles that you guys had, and I, I'm curious about when, when did you know that? You know, besides all these hurdles, besides all these sort of sort of issues that we have dealing with within your team, when did you know that would have a really big impact on on, on Africa and its development? Team?
1: Okay, so I would say for me personally, no, no, generally for the team, right? We just sat down uh-huh. initially. We said, okay. Um, it would be nice to help software engineers get access to mentors, <laughs> you know, kind of like what I would say, um, what's the name of these guys? There's a company that does it abroad. But we went to the market, we spoke to, them. we were in Ghana. So the company actually started in Ghana. Well, the audition, MS is in Ghana, so the ideation period was in Ghana, right? So we went there, went to University of Ghana, we spoke to around, or oh, we interacted with over 50 students. Then it was like, okay, fine, are these students going to, do they have the spending power to pay for the solution we want to build? And the answer was no. So we're like, okay, no, we are not building a a non-profit organization, right? We need to make money. Which approach yeah. can we go around this, right? Just that we can make money from it. Then we kind of sat down and viewed our own personal experiences. So me, I've worked as a software engineer before. I know the challenges that um, I encountered while, I think most of us, the challenges we encountered while, trying to find a job. I have also worked as a recruiter before, right? So I know a recruiter in the tech space because where I was working before, I was the only software engineer and I had to hire a senior software engineer. So someone senior to me, right? That has more skills than me. It was very challenging, trust me. So we kind of sat down together like, okay, fine, let's come up with this. And we discussed, we're like, okay, fine. We We are working on coding. Let's make it easy for companies to find software engineers and also easy for... Um, tech talent, software engineers, and graphic designers to find their dream jobs. So for us, we could empathize more with the software engineers because we are software engineers, but the money part, of course, we are solving a problem for the companies. So the companies are the ones paying us. Our solution is completely free for the software engineers. So ideally, we had to have the software engineers on the platform before we can go to the companies and say, okay, we have talent available. So once we launched our beta, it was like really incredible. We had lots of sign up. We we're like, hmm, okay, maybe we're actually into something. <laughs> so I'd say that was part of the first steps that convinced us that yeah, there's there's really a market for this, and um, we're gonna create real impact. Another thing still was like for the engineers, we have helped placed on jobs. There's been super. They've been super excited. They give us testimonials, and we feel like okay much more than the business part of things, we are actually helping reduce the rate of unemployment of tech talent in Africa. So that is also mm-hmm. an impact mm-hmm. that we see as a company.
0: Um yeah so so I'm curious, tell me about, about what your uh what's your long term vision for this company you know, what what you, what really do you guys want to five, like years?
1: So I would say so in how was it? I think was it yeah last year I built a solution called Memoria, it was me and a friend, so the idea behind it was to help... Okay, before I speak about that, um, as a company together, I would say our long-term vision, the idea behind why we, are, why we are doing all of this is to become the global go-to marketplace for finding verified African um, wow. tech talent. So we know the issue is not just finding this talent. The issue is finding skilled talent. So there could be a pool of talent, but how many of them are skilled to actually um, deliver on your job. So part of our solution um, for the software engineers is for them to be able to build projects on our platform. So we have our own ID, we have um, projects that they can work on. So we are trying to help them build their portfolio of projects because we are like speaking to recruiters so far and what they are mostly interested in is, okay, I want to employ someone that can start working immediately. They, learn, learning, they, they, they really don't have so much time for an engineer to learn on the job. So they want to know can this individual actually build projects and they want to see the past projects that they have built. That's why they mostly ask for GitHub repos and stuff like that. So now we are bringing those projects to our platform. We are giving them the chance, the software engineers, the chance to build projects and showcase to the world that, okay. I'm a software engineer. These are the projects I have done. So it's as as a company or a recruiter just coming to a candidate's profile and they see the projects that they have done. They see where they have worked and they're like, okay, fine. I think these candidates will be ideal for the position I want. So two things, right? To become the global go-to marketplace for finding African tech talent. And secondly, to grant exposure or, and visibility to software engineers so that they can showcase their skills to the world.
0: Gotcha. And I think you're So, so you were mentioning about uh, starting something with a friend, which I think is a great segue into the next question. Um, I mean, you sound like this one is something like you're asking about. And I'm just curious, what, if, if at all, what, what company would you have founded if you had to have like, a company? Oh,
1: tough ah, <laughs> choice. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm a fan of doing something in my space, like something that I have a good understanding of. I wouldn't go into running a startup that is in the health sector because that's not my. I don't have so much experience in that sector, so that's why I stayed in my lane, so to say. Um, I think I would do something in relation to my work experience because I've worked in place. Everywhere I've worked it's been a sector that I've been interested in. Maybe something around the education, something not sales, mostly education or tech. It has to be within the tech space. space too. So the company I mentioned or the platform I mentioned, which I built, is called Memorial. I think maybe that, that was probably going to be my second choice, I would say. Although it's not really, we had not, at the time uh, I built it, myself and a friend, we had not really figured out the business model. So, for me, it was more an impact project. And um, uh-huh. perhaps it would I have been mean, a non-profit organization, right? So, I did a was or uh, is, because the platform is still live. On, it was built on Google Assistant. So, the Google Assistant store is still live. So, people still interact with it. So, it's a, we call it, um, we help kids learn anything or learn their school subject using gamified quiz, right? So remember I mentioned I had taught before, especially teaching yeah. kids coding. It's been super exciting for, for them when I was teaching them coding using Scratch because it's, it's kind of like a game. You're just, it's a, it's a drag and drop platform. So They are dragging and they are dropping things and they're hearing sounds and it's interesting. So they, the kids I used to choose, they used to be very excited to come to class, right? Or whenever they see me, whenever yeah. it's time for class. So I was just thinking, what if mathematics can be that phone? What if English and even Yoruba can be that phone?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, so um, we, we built it on um, Google Assistant. So the solution has a voice. So it's a very friendly lady, lady's voice that asks them questions. So it's um, gamified quiz. They are quizzes, right? We are not going visual sure at the time. So it asks them questions, for example, how many planets are there? How many planets are there? Then the kid answers. Then if it's the correct answer, she kind of applauds them. Wow, great! You did it well. Or if he says sad, uh, if if they get it wrong, she doesn't discourage them, but she encourages them. Like okay, you can do better. Try this next one. You know things like that. So these little things actually things oh, that no. encourage kids. Yeah. And so I remember when I was learning, uh, when I was a kid too, it was the same thing for me. So when I get this right, I'm super excited. I think it's general to kids. So that was basically what the platform was doing. So for me, it was something I was passionate about. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing even people, not just kids, interact with it. But because we had not really figured out the business model, and of course, well, you have to make money from what you are doing. So it's still there. It's still is yeah. It's, uh-huh. yeah. It's still there, it's still a side project, but um, perhaps if I had not come up with I'm more excited about coding than I am of it. So maybe if I had not I don't met my co-founders, we had not come up with coding and that's what I would probably have been doing. Maybe I would have figured out the business model for it by now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, so on a final note, I was just wondering if you have any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs out there.
1: Uh I don't know if this is right, but follow your guts is one thing I always say. Yeah, and I I would say, okay, part of the reasons I was, or I am still very passionate about what I'm doing, and I'm still excited every day, like certain times I sleep by 3 a.m., I'm still doing Kulin's work. It's because I am really passionate about what I'm doing, and I love it. It's because I'm working on an idea that I am passionate about, and still I can empathize, especially from the software engineer's part. So a very uh, interesting story I would say is when I I was part of a program where we taught graduates, recent graduates, how to code for about three months. So these were graduates that I would say 80% of them knew nothing about coding. They were coming from different fields, different um educational backgrounds. So it was very new. We taught them from scratch. Okay, that was the program I mentioned that I had to learn so I wouldn't um, embarrass myself. right. right. So I had to, (laughs) yeah, I watched them learn. I watched them learn from scratch the point where they were so dedicated. They got really into the thing. There were times when by 5 p.m. we'd be like, you guys should go home now. They won't want to go. (laughs) You know, they were so into it. So they all came with one mindset. It was a program organized by a big tech company and also um, the Lagos state state government. So the idea behind the program was come and dedicate your three months to learning how to code We assure you that at the end of the program, you get a job. So that was kind of like the drive for them. They were super excited. They were doing the stuff. We gave them projects at the end. They had a great presentation and everything. But the sad part was at the end of the program, only like 5% got jobs. And those were it was not really about the success rate because we had over 50% success rate. But perhaps those were the ones that were connected to government officials and stuff like that. So these guys came to me, a few of them came to me and they were complaining. I dedicated all my time. I really wanted to learn this. I'm giving up on this career field, you know, things like that. And I felt really bad because for me, as much as it wasn't really me in the situation, but I was watching them, right? I saw their excitement in their faces when they they were able to fix a bug. I saw the sorrow in their face when they were working on one particular solution for like two days and it wasn't working, you know, things like that. So I could relate. And I felt really bad because I couldn't help them, right? So,
0: right.
1: Um, eventually, when my team members and I came up with calling this solution, I felt kind of fulfilled. It was kind of like, okay, I'm making up for <laughs> the times yeah, that I couldn't I help then. the other guys. <laughs> so, you see, I'm like, okay, this um, particular person that came to me, what if there are like 1,000 of this person out there that is saying, okay, I'm done learning how to code. Yeah. I mean, learning to code is really hard. It's really hard. And for you to master it and know your stuff, then you must be something, right? So we are like, okay, fine, let's give hope <laughs> to those people that's learning how to code. Let's tell them, just go learn how to code, know your stuff. Once you are done, once you are, you, you are sure that you know your stuff, we'll find you a job. You don't need to worry about jobs. So that's, that's something that keeps me up like late at night. That's something, like I have a drive, I have a mission. Okay, I want to help software engineers, you know? So as, as little yeah. as it might sound, but It was my motivation and it was something I was passionate about. So if you're working on, as an entrepreneur, if you're working on anything, it has to be something you're interested in, it has to be something you are passionate about, it has to be something that you are motivated, like you don't need someone to come and beg you. I mean, it's not an employer's work, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need someone to come and beg you to wake up or to go for meetings or to get clients. And clients will not come to you, you have to go out there to get clients, right? So work on an idea Mm -hmm. or a business that you're passionate about. And you always make it um, work out. Still, like, follow your goals. Entrepreneurship is is not easy. There are times when you'll be broke. There are times when you'll be sad. I can't can't count how many times I've cried. Like, I've actually shed tears because of one or two things. Yeah, really. Maybe I'm an emotional person. But I mean, when I'm sad, I want to express my my sorrow, right? So because maybe a deal didn't go well or, you know, something didn't uh, work the way I wanted it to. So there will be times like that. Uh-huh. There will be times when you have to just motivate yourself. Even your team members cannot motivate you, right? Uh-huh. Even if you are a solo entrepreneur, I mean that's even I've been I've been there, and it's not it's not re- really easy being a solo entrepreneur. So little things like this, we they are what makes the entrepreneurship journey worthwhile. So I would say that's my uh-huh. um, advice to them. Follow your gods. Do something you're passionate about, and. Uh, Make sure you're aware that there will be good times and there will be bad times. And if you're an entrepreneur in Africa, there will probably be more bad times than good times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so be prepared for it. Got it. All right, thank you so much, Elohore. Thank you.